Welcome to the Brain Injury Roundtable podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about brain injury. My name is Anya Patel, and I'll be your host. I suffered a non-athletic brain injury in 2018, and I'm the founder of Calling My Storm, a New Jersey nonprofit organization that works to support people with brain injuries on the road to recovery and healing. An injury like this takes everything from you. It's your identity as well, the things that, you know, the first question that people ask when you meet someone for the first time is usually what do you do for a living so when you can't identify yourself with that anymore you really struggle with or what do I have left I think one of the benefits of brain injury is that it does show you who really is a good friend within the past year I've re-realizing my focus in life my purpose in life and that's to definitely help people who have been going through post-concussion symptoms just like me To learn more about Calling My Storm, check out our website, callingmystorm.com, or click the link in our bio. Today, I'll be speaking with Lauren, the founder of The Orange Butterfly, her personal blog, website, and social media pages dedicated to sharing her journey of recovery from a significant concussion two and a half years ago. She's now a concussion slash brain injury advocate and mentor passionate about using her platform to increase community education and further the support of fellow brain injury survivors. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lauren. I'm so excited to have you here. And I absolutely love the work that you are doing. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. So can you just start by giving us some background on who you are? Yeah, yep. So um, I'm Lauren. I'm, I'm 28 years old and I live in Adelaide in South Australia. Uh, I've lived here my whole life. I'm, I have a big family. I live with mum and dad and my younger brother and my sister. Um, we grew up as, as quite a sporty family. My brother played college basketball. My sister was a tennis player and, and a model and I was heavily involved in dancing. So pretty much my whole life I was a ballet dancer and an Irish dancer. So, I mean, I remember at school, everyone was going off to parties and I couldn't go because I had dancing. So I was, I was, yeah, yeah, I really, I really loved it and and dedicated majority of my, my, my childhood and, and early adult life to, to dancing. And it was, yeah, a big part of, big part of who I am. I also graduated from university five years ago. I studied a double degree in early childhood education and disability studies. Um, and then I am now a special education teacher and I specialize with working with children on the autism spectrum. So I've been working as a teacher for the past four years here in Adelaide. That's so cool. So you suffered a concussion two and a half years ago. Can you just tell us a little bit about that and like your journey? Yeah, yeah. Um, so two and a half years ago, it was in 2018, um, I was at work and I was helping one of my young students off a piece of climbing equipment in the yard. And as we were coming, climbing down off, off the off the piece of equipment, he jumped and, and I lost my balance as he had hold of my jumper and I simply fell back and, and hit my head on a big metal pole on the way down to the ground. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was full on. I, I don't remember losing consciousness, but maybe I did for a few seconds. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And it doesn't help that nobody actually saw my accident. So I have no one to turn to and ask, but I do remember feeling incredibly out of it and disconnected straight away. I did 
basically jump up as soon as I hit the ground, which looking back, I probably shouldn't have done that. And But I just, I think I was in shock. I think I just wanted to, to get up before anybody saw me on the ground, basically. But I did notice that, you know, things weren't right. I noticed my eyes straight away. I was incredibly dizzy and I had pain shooting down my neck all the way down my back and I couldn't see properly. It was going quite double majority of the time. So that's when we realized I think I needed to go to hospital. So I went to hospital, but was released a few hours later. And they told me I, I had a quite a significant concussion, but told me to go home and rest and report to my general practitioner doctor the next day before I went back to work. And I honestly thought from that conversation, I think this happened on a Wednesday. And I thought by Monday, I'd be back at work and and be fine. I had no idea what I was in for. But the next couple of weeks, I could barely move or get out of bed and use my eyes. I was in pain. And when I did communicate or or get out of bed to walk to the bathroom and things like that, it was incredibly tiring. So I pretty much just shut down. I didn't didn't want to talk or didn't want to move. And that was basically my life for the next few weeks. I suffered a a significant whiplash, which left me with um, a cervical spine injury. I was diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome. I had brain inflammation and I suffer from an oculomotor dysfunction now. So the way that my brain and my eyes communicate with each other is incredibly slow. So it makes processing visual stimulation incredibly hard for me. I have this pain in my head called occipital neuralgia, which if anybody's heard of that is incredibly painful and it's to do with the occipital nerves at the back of your skull. Um, And I also was diagnosed with a form of narcolepsy after my accident. So sleep (laughs) and and fatigue is is incredibly challenging for me still. And I'm still working through all those things two and a half years later. And I haven't made it back to work yet, no matter how hard I tried. But I think I just decided that I needed to take my rehab and my recovery at the moment as my full-time job instead of forcing myself to get back to work. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. So you kind of gone into like how it's impacted your life and not being able to go back to work. Can you just expand on that a little, little bit? Yeah. Well, no more dancing. That's that's for sure. Yeah. And no more work. I, I tried for a solid year after my full to get back to work. I tried different hours. I tried different duties. I tried team teaching and everything I tried, I was failing at. And I think it got to a stage where I was just over, over trying and over failing. I wanted to successfully do something. And when you haven't been able to successfully do something in a year, it really gets to you. So it was decided by my doctors that I needed to, to pull away from work just for the time being and focus solely on my recovery. And the same with dancing. I danced right up until my accident and then haven't been able to go back since. And I mean, a concussion and and brain injury affects your balance in many different ways. And ballet and Irish dancing heavily rely on a strong core and strong balance techniques. So I am slowly building them up, but unable to get back, get back to dancing either. An injury like this takes everything from you. It's your identity as well. The things that, you know, the first question that people ask when you meet someone for the first time is usually what do you do for a living? So when you can't identify yourself with that anymore, you really struggle with, or what do I have left? So that's been a really hard thing to get your head around and to grasp. And it's affected me socially as well. I mean, going out and to parties and and busy restaurants is is not always a thing that I can do. So it does leave you feeling incredibly isolated at times. Yeah. Do you feel that people around you have been able to understand like the pain that you're living with every day? Yes and no. I don't want them to fully understand because I think the only reason or the only way people can fully understand is if they go through it and they feel it as well. 
I mean, they go through it with me, but they don't feel it and I don't want them to. I, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody. But as far as a community understanding, I think we have a long way to go. I don't think we're there yet. And I think it's all about education. But as far as people closest to me, I think my friends and my my close best friends put in a lot of effort. You know, some of my friends or one friend in particular has, has driven me to appointments when I obviously can't drive myself and no one can take me. She's been there for me. I have a friend who will Google lots of lots of different things that she might not understand before she comes to see me so that we can talk about them if I want to. And also just, just being there if I'm having a bad day and, and lying in bed you know, my boyfriend or my mom and my sister or my family members, they can come and check in and, and lay with me is all that I need from them. But I mean, as far as understanding, I think everyone tries their best, but there's a fine line, I think, between truly understanding. I think you need, really need to feel it and go through it as an individual. Yeah. What were some of the misconceptions that you've encountered that people have about brain injuries or the experiences and what you're going through? I think one of the big ones is that if they see me doing an activity or a party one day, that it automatically means that I can do that the next day, which I found through trial and error. It's all about trial and error when you're going through something like this. But just because I can do one thing one day doesn't mean that I can do it the next day. I think people need to to understand that it's very personalized and one day is very different from the next, what I can and can't do because your symptoms might be completely flared up and you might not be able to do anything or I might be having a slightly better day and be able to do something then. So it very much depends on a lot of factors and I think people forget that as well. Also the amount of planning and fatigue management that goes into me being able to do a social outing or an event. I think people don't realize, I never realized this before. It's only because I have to go through it myself now that I'm realizing how much effort it takes. But planning my week in advance, I make sure that I don't do a lot of big strenuous outings. I make sure that I sleep and rest the day of the event. And then the next day, even even the two days after, I make sure that I'm doing nothing so I have time to recover. So one event on a Friday night could take over four days of planning and resting in my calendar. So I don't think people realize how hard it is to participate in things like that and how much energy it takes to be able to get there and then to be able to recover. I think that's a big misconception. Um, Sometimes I feel like maybe people that may not be as close with me anymore, but I think that they feel like the next time they'll see me, I'll be better and I've made all these gains in, in a few weeks and they'll ask me, oh, do you, know, do you feel heaps better now? And I feel like I'm such a downer. I have to say, well, no, <laughs> no, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It's a very slow process. But I think some people think that you're going to make all these big gains and giant steps in a couple of months and it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Yeah, I know that. I definitely can sympathize with that feeling of like people thinking they understand or having like a baseline understanding of what a concussion is. And then because they think that they know the initial symptoms that they're able to understand these more rare and subsequent symptoms that people feel. Yes, yes. Which is why I love the work that you're doing with the Orange Butterfly and educating people about yeah. these misconceptions that you face. It just, it, it needs to happen. There's one that we usually get, which I've heard so many times throughout, like people that I've met through social media when they talk about how tired and fatigued they are and then people respond, being sympathetic, I understand I'm tired too. 
and you know that they don't mean it in a terrible or you know bad way but it's it's a very different tired and and fatiguing feeling and you don't wish it upon anyone you don't want them to understand but yeah sometimes the misconception of someone being tired with a brain injury and concussion is the same as someone just being tired from working all day which it's very different very different yeah can you just tell us a little bit about the orange butterfly and what you want people to know about living with chronic pain yeah well the chronic pain part what I'd like people to know is I think we're trying really hard all the time it's 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 a work in progress and we're not being lazy if we have to to lay in bed for half a day or we can't come to an event we're trying and we're pushing probably majority of the time beyond the energy levels that we have so I'd love people to really know and really really think about that especially if they have somebody in their life that's recovering from this type of injury and also how heartbreaking it is to not be able to be a part of events and and social gatherings that we normally would be able to be in or be able to participate in a different way. It's really sad. You know, one of my best friends had a hen's night at the beginning of the year and I can remember and I helped organize and was able to be a part of it, but had to leave halfway through. And it's like, it killed me. You want to stay and you want to celebrate with your friends and, and be part of those special memories. But I had to, I had to leave. I wasn't able to, you know, party on like everybody else. So it is, it does get really heartbreaking at times and we're not leaving because we don't want to be there we're leaving because we just can't function anymore so I would love people to to really think about that as well but with regards to the orange butterfly I started journaling right from the beginning I remember my neurophysio really wanted or really encouraged me to to journal and keep a diary about what I was feeling and and what I was going through and it did really help I remember dot pointing every night before I went to bed just about my day and how I was feeling and what was going on and then I just remember it being really helpful I decided to I've always loved writing always enjoyed writing so I decided to write it up in you know in big paragraphs properly for myself and it took me it took me a while cuz being on the computer and and using your eyes is is very strenuous so i remember it taking me a while and i did it in 10 minute time slots each day and i remember when i finished writing my first four blog sort of entries i guess you could call it and i remember sitting there and i took this you know massive deep breath and it was like i could i was breathing or i could breathe again it was like i was breathing for the first time in a year and i remember that feeling so well and it made me feel it made me feel amazing. So I decided to share it with my family and then they encouraged me to share it with some of my friends. And I just remember thinking that if writing and reading my words has helped me and my friends in so many ways, imagine all the other people that may be able to resonate with my blog. So I, I put it on a website, put it on social media and the response has been overwhelming. So it's been up for a year and a half now. And yeah, I've been <laughs> loving loving every minute of it. I've, I've met so many different people from around the world and, and received messages saying that my words have helped their families and, and friends really understand what they're going through. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Really awesome. The orange butterfly to me also, which I always get this question, what does it mean? Um, but it symbolizes to me and researching in particular orange butterflies. It represents positivity and rebirth and it's about accepting new challenges and, and spotting an orange butterfly can signify that a new dawn of healing and transformation is about to occur and I just thought it was really inspiring and really resonated with me. I love the orange butterflies meaning mm. and like your logo and 
all the things you post about them. I just think it's so inspiring and amazing. One question I had was after doing all this advocacy and just educating yourself on these problems, what do you think needs to be done in in order for there to be a better understanding of chronic pain patients? I think a lot of community education and building moral awareness is crucial. I mean, that's what my posts are. I'm trying to I'm trying to be educational as well as being really real with what I'm going through on that particular day when I post. So, I mean, I might have ideas coming up that, oh, yeah, I'm going to post this. I'm going to talk about this. But if I go to post that on a specific day and I'm like, oh, I really like, I'm really not having a good day. I really feel like shit. I'm going to talk about that <laughs> instead. So I'm trying to be really real with how I'm feeling, but also educational at the same time. And I think that's really helping people, especially in the wider community. I think it's really all about being truthful and just talking about it. That's how people learn. I mean, even at school when you know, you're learning something that you've never heard of before, it's all about education. It's all about talking about it. It's, it's about familiarizing yourself with it. And I think brain injury and concussion, we, we haven't familiarized ourselves enough with it in the community. It's not normal as per se. And I'm really trying and dedicating myself and my blog to making brain injury and concussion conversations normal. I think that's what really needs to be done. Just talking, being more open. Yeah. So I think like a huge part of that is having that understanding so that you could be more empathetic towards people with brain injuries. Yeah. So like, what does that mean to you? Like, what does empathy mean to you? Yeah. It's also just touching on what you just said, it's it's really hard for people to be empathetic and be there for someone if they don't understand what they're going through. So I think the first thing people need to do if they have somebody in their life going through something like this or any sort of illness or injury that they don't understand is really important to get your head around and maybe put in the effort to understand what they're going through so that you can really be there for them. But empathy, I really liked this question. It took me a while to wrap my head around it. It's like, I know what empathy is, but what does it mean to me? It's, it's a really good question. But I did come up with a few points. I think empathy is, is to me, is just being there for someone willingly and open, open-heartedly. It's, it's finally having someone look you in the eye and say, I see you, I hear you, and I understand you. I think that last point, I understand you, is really crucial to be able to empathize with somebody, especially going through a concussion and brain injury recovery. So like I said before, just just purposely putting in the effort to, to truly understand what somebody is going through. I think really needs to happen before you are able to to really empathize and be there for your friend or your family member or an individual that you've you've just met. I think that's a really crucial part of empathy. But yeah, I'd summarize it with with one of my friends looking at me going, I see you, I hear you, and I understand you. I love that. I love that interpretation of what it is. And I think it's a huge part of what you're doing and a huge part of what other advocates in the space are doing. Yes. And I think more than understanding, it's having this empathy and so that people can understand when they ask you what you're doing for a living and understanding and feeling empathetic towards your struggle yeah. instead of being like, and odd or and so that people can treat you better and really yeah. like help you throughout yeah. your recovery yeah um another point when you just said that um I think there's a there's a major difference between feeling or getting sympathy and empathy as well so I don't think people in my position and yours and and other people living with any type of brain injury or concussion they don't want sympathy I don't think they're looking for sympathy they're looking for understanding and empathy and I think that's really important to distinguish between the two yeah I think that's a really important distinction for sure I just love everything that you're doing and I really appreciate you telling your story 
some one of the quotes like I feel like that's been going around a lot among like brain injury things is one of the bra- bravest things you can do is to share your story. So I really appreciate it. I feel like it can really impact people and I hope that people listening will feel really impacted by it. But if there's anything else that you want to add? No, I think just just the main points to take away from this conversation, I think is is really about just being open-minded, especially if you have someone in your life going through an injury like this is just being open-minded, being a, a really good listener and being open to learning, to learning new things. I think the minute we stop learning, I think is is the minute we stop we stop growing as an individual and I think we just need to to keep growing as a community. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank um, you 